Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Cairns. You can find me on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons and on YouTube, Sports Card Lessons Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave some feedback. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone doing? I am super excited for today's episode. Uh, fellow Wolfpack members from the Crosstown Cardboard Podcast. These guys have been killing it week after week with must-listen episodes. Fellas, welcome. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having us on. Thank you, Ken. We are thrilled to be here. You are a legend. <laughs> so so we have Craig from uh, New York City Sports Cards and Carmine at Carmine's Cards. Um, Carmine, I know uh, Craig's been on the podcast a number of times. Uh, this is your first time. So just give the listeners a little bit of your backstory. Well, I grew up in Westchester County, New York, cross town from where Craig grew up on Long Island, which is why I know I got that right. Whew, that's a good start. Uh, that's why we named our podcast Crosstown Cardboard and uh, collected as a kid, really into singles, a lot of uh, on-card autos, game-used jerseys. Back then, everything was game-used. Me and Craig are both right around 30 years old and uh, probably hadn't collected for like 10 or 15 years from like eighth grade all the way through, midway through the pandemic. Reignited my love for the hobby when I went home because my mom got hip replacement surgery. So I was just like super bored waiting for whatever she needed me to do cook, clean, laundry, whatever it was, and uh, rediscovered my sports cards, listed some on eBay, thought it was cool, joined some Facebook groups, started an Instagram page, and uh, did a deal with Craig early on. Mm -hmm. So now I'm in Medford, Oregon as a sports and news broadcaster and uh, refound the love for the hobby and have a sports card podcast, sports card Instagram, and just enjoying Nice. How long have you been out in Oregon? I've been here for just over two and a half years. Nice. Nice. Now, were you able uh, to reconnect with anybody you did cards with back uh, in your early days? or? Uh, well, me and my dad invested in a LeBron James exquisite game used patch auto, like the numbers, like the 23. Yeah. And it was like, 250 bucks at the time we bought it which was like 15 20 it was probably like 20 years ago oh no it was like 15 years ago the auto somehow faded though like in the drawer that we had it in but i ended up selling it on ebay for like 2500 so it was like a 10x sale of the card that we had invested in way back so the only person i really reconnected with through the hobby from my original time starting up was my dad which was pretty cool we were both very excited about that sale and he let me split it 50 50 when i know at the time as a kid i didn't put a single dollar into that card. yeah 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 that's what fathers are for right right yeah yeah so so even though you guys are called uh crosstown 
cardboard. You're actually across the country, right? Right. So, so how does the time difference work? Uh, the, you know, interfering with schedules, with the recording. You know, because uh, I, I mean, I, I know you're a broadcaster. Are you are you on in the evenings during the day? You know, that type of thing. Yeah, I'm on at five, six, and eleven p.m. is our newscast. So. Yeah. During my dinner break, that's when Craig and now you can too have so graciously planned this recording to stay up a little later. So it's, you know, a little bit after 10 o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Pacific. So I think Craig is just a, he's just a good guy. You know, he works it around his schedule as a teacher and lets me have him stay up late. How do you feel about that, Craig? (laughs) Only for Carmine and only for the love of cards will I stay up past my bedtime to record. So tomorrow, if I'm a little tired at work and my students ask me, like, Miss, you look tired, I could turn to them and say, cards, guys, come on. Cards. <laughs> I was but recording in, last night. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, we, we have so much fun recording and, you know, we make it work. Carmine's yeah. on West Coast time. I'm on yeah. East Coast time. So 10 o'clock is usually when we record, but... It's all good. Um, so we you're, get to work. You're actually at work right now, Carmine? No, I come home for dinner, set oh. up the green screen, and nice. then I go back. And I like did not know that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for squeezing us in. No. <laughs> you, you guys put me into your schedule. You're staying up late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me, what was the conversation like? I, 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 and I, and I want to say first that I think um, – Craig, you and I are original Wolfpack members, but Carmine, uh, you came in as part of the bounce, right? And then kind of yeah. came over to the Wolfpack. So that's kind of where your bromance, the two of you actually got, you know, became friends. Um, so what was the conversation like when you both decided, you know, you're going to start creating content together? Well, it started with a deal we made. Was that January last year or two years ago? Well, now it was technically two Januarys ago, but it was like 13 months okay. ago. Oh, right. February. So roughly a year ago, Carmine, Carmine and I made a, a trade on Facebook. Uh, he traded me a Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer sticker. And I traded you uh, Kevin Durant, I want to say 2019 encased autograph plus cash. And yeah. the story goes is I was about to trade that KD encased auto for something else. But I was very hesitant about the deal. So I hit you up real quick on Facebook. I'm like, yo, come on. Like, let's lock this deal down. And that was the beginning of our friendship. So that Mm -hmm. was over a year ago. It was Mm -hmm. the only deal we ever made. It was Mm -hmm. really the only. No, I mean, we we continued to keep up conversation through there. And then you approached me around six, seven months later. I want to say it was July, August, maybe September. With the idea of starting this podcast. And I remember exactly where I was. Because my wife and I were bunking up in a studio apartment in between uh, where we were living. So she heard our entire initial conversation. I think we FaceTimed for like an hour um, just to see if we liked each other. And then it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, it was before the Wolfpack actually even even started. And then, yeah, and, and like Craig said, we stayed in contact. We were sending each other cards that we knew were up the other guy's alley. And discussing like, what moves are you making? How's it going for you? And I just knew that we had some chemistry and liked each other and that it would be an easy 
you know, situation to dive into. So yeah, I was just like, man, you know, Rob's doing this podcast. Ken's got his podcast. We're in the wolf pack. The cousins have their podcast. And me and Craig were talking about a lot of things that I thought other people would hopefully benefit off of too. Like, and the, the inclusion aspect of different races, you know, different genders, all different types of people. How do we try to welcome all different groups to enjoy something that we both enjoy? And I knew Craig was a big supporter of that too, with his uh, card club at the high school he teaches at. So yeah. And I was like, Hey, let's, you know, what do you think about this? I wrote him on Instagram and he's like, yeah, I think we'd be good at that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a good segue into into my next question. Because the one thing I love about the podcast uh, is the more meaningful message that, that you guys bring each week. And I know we're all here for the love of cards and the love of the hobby. Um, but just talk to me a little bit about the content, the guest selections, and and like you just talked about, the meaningful messages that you're putting out there. Cause it's more than just hobby stuff. Yeah. I think there are a lot of lessons that could be learned through the hobby. I mean, just for example, we both had a, a couple instances lately where we had to practice patience in order to make certain moves. Like I was selling a card. I didn't want to sell it too soon cause I wasn't really getting the value out of it, but I learned to be patient and wait until the right moment was there. So kind of through our endeavors in the hobby and the, and the moves that we make, there are life lessons to be taught. So it's really not just all about the flip, but that that is, of course, an element of it because we want to stay active and stay alive. But just a lot of powerful messages that we hope resonate with a lot of people. So when we get messages about a certain episode where so-and-so essentially can relate to a topic we talked about or a certain instance, we know that the, the message is being received by the hobby community. And that's kind of what we're going for. Hmm. Yeah. And we we try to offer those sports card lessons. I don't know if that's, uh, hopefully that's not uh, copyright on, on any yeah, copyright. Right. There, taken, right. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll, we'll send the royalties in the mail, but um, yeah. And, and it was interesting, Craig too, because I uh, created like little snippets segments, like from our main episodes on YouTube. And I was trying to think like, would people like a seven minute breakdown of a deal that we did? Or, you know, five minutes of why such and such topic was kind of interesting. And it seems like, because that wasn't very well received, it didn't get a lot of views. And so I took it down. But I kind of liked that people were tuning in more for the overarching message that was more meaningful. So I guess the type of viewers that we're getting, yeah, like you said, Ken, for the love of the hobby. But at the same time, I think they, they want the lessons, they want the how does this relate to me? What can I learn from this along the way at the same time? Yeah, I, I, I think too, and even talking from myself, I think I think the first step in in content and in, in delivering content is is um, just to talk to the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. and not at them and not, you know, push a whole bunch of agendas. But you know, it's like when I was starting, that's you know, kind of what I said is I just want to. I just felt there was a lane for somebody to go out and just figure out what I'm observing at shows and just come back and talk to people. Right. And, and I ask people all the time and as you guys do yourself, you know, leave feedback, leave comments, tell me what you like about it. And, you know, early on, like I was doing, I was doing a lot of things. I was doing more than I needed to, but I really didn't know much about 
creating content, right? So I have a little segment here and a little segment. And, you know, sometimes I'd get that shaking head thing like, nah, that that's not working. Or, you know, you have that thing on YouTube where you can go in and you see where people actually just turned it off, you know, like they were done. They didn't want to listen anymore. Uh, and then what I realized at the end is, is they don't need all that fluff. Right. Yeah. And I don't, and, and I don't think, and I, you know, you guys don't bring any fluff at all. You know, it's, it's just, you start right into whatever you're talking about and, and you're bringing real world stuff in. Right. And I think that's, what's attractive to people. It's just because they've been in that same situation. Uh, and, and for myself, and I'm speaking for myself, that's why I listen, right. That's the content I like to bring in, I, you know, people that are just like me and are doing the same things I'm doing in the hobby. And if something I may miss or something I may just, you know, relate to and, and, you know, with you, with, with, you know, your background in media, I mean, I'm sure you're able to, you've got better ideas, you know, uh, I'm not ideas, but better ways to know if people are really liking what you're putting out by doing certain things like snippets and stuff where I, you know, I, I, I don't even edit, you know, whatever <laughs> gets said, whatever I do. And I'll, I talk for 30 minutes and if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. And if I have to the next week, I'll say, Hey, I made a mistake, but, um, so bring in right into my next question, right? Who, who does the editing? Who does the, uh, when, you know, when, when it comes time to doing it's it's all Carmine and I've I've thanked him many times behind closed doors, but Carmine does the editing. He does the uploading. I have the login information, but I don't really use it. And I am just being fully transparent about that. And I think I always liked the idea of possibly putting out a podcast, but I just didn't want to do all the technical side of it. So when Carmine mm -hmm. asked me to do it. And, you know, I, I have to show up and record and I, I would like to think, Carmine, at least I contribute to uh, the creative ideas, right? Like we're, uh, we're an even split when it comes to talking about content ideas or um, oh, yeah. what stories we're going to share. But yeah, bro, credit to you. You do all the dirty work. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, Craig has thanked me a bunch of times. And uh, it's probably just a couple hours the night that we record as far as. Because I want, if somebody's watching on YouTube, I want to make it worth their time rather than if they're listening on the podcast. Because like if they're looking at YouTube, their attention is probably less divided. I mean, just because there's a visual aspect there. So let's give you a little something extra on YouTube. So I always try to include pictures of the cards that we're talking about because we talk about a lot of different cards and deals that we do. And so, you know, if we're just holding up the card or if we're not even holding up the card, it doesn't add as much to it. So I try to get some, some good artsy pictures and then, you know, the Ken Burns effect on uh iMovie, you know, these Ken's or something, they got something going on. Love, and, love uh, some Ken's. It, it, it just adds a little bit extra of, Oh yeah, that's a cool card. And, mm. and um, you know, it takes, it takes a little, bit of editing and a little time but i think it adds something on youtube and then coming up with the captions and that's that's fun it's a creative outlet so it does take time but i don't think it it really is a drag at all yeah yeah and i found too and i don't know you can tell me maybe maybe it's the way i'm doing it too um i just do the old hold the card up to the camera you know at the beginning i would explain and i would hold the card up and then when, and I never watched my own videos, 
never watched them. I listen, I listen to the podcast version of it, but I never watched the videos. And um, a couple of people had said, they're like, you have to figure out hold that hold hold that card better because you're holding it up, but we really can't see it. And um, mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, you know, I I really should make some changes. And then I watched your podcast, right, and or, or your video on YouTube, and you've got the cards up over you, and the you know all this stuff flying in, and I'm like, oh man, I'm just gonna stop holding the cards up, <laughs> you know, <It's> just <laughs> because that you know, like you said, it takes you a couple hours to do that, right, to 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 get all that done, and I I think to myself, you know. Maybe I'll just explain the cards the best I can and move on, you know, just talk about them a little bit because most cards you could just, you can look up on your own. There's a lot of podcasts I hear, right. That people will say something, something about a card. If I don't know what that card looks like, I'll, I'll be driving down there. I'll grab my pen and take a note. And then at some point I'll look it up at the end of the day, just to see, you know, what card they were talking about. Yeah. I think it, it works either way, but I just want to, especially just starting out. And my mom actually has been a good, uh, <laughs> good good for feedback on this she's like i love the visuals on the youtube of, of the cards like i really get to see you know because some people might not be as educated on what these cards look like so mm -hmm. if they can't see them then they might not really get a gist of just how awesome this card is and i think me and craig were talking too i just want to give whoever is kind enough to give us a listen to something that we're just putting out there that we hope resonates with somebody whether a lesson or a cool deal or gives you a little break in the day to have a little, you know, a, a respite from everything going on. I want to give them the fewest reasons possible to not come back. I want to give them the most reasons possible to keep listening. So if that visual element makes you keep watching the YouTube or separates us, mm -hmm. that's a win. It, it's so rewarding, isn't it? I mean, you can see your numbers, right? And you go right. out and you you know, I'm, I'm on season two, right? This is, this right now is my 60th episode. Uh, wow. and, and you know, my first season, I didn't have many guests on, so I did all the talking and, uh, you know, it's, you crushed it. thank you. I pre thank you. Appreciate that. But you know, you start seeing the numbers start growing and growing and growing and you're like, you know, and then more and more comments start to come in, you know, as, as you move along and, and it, I mean, it, it gets exciting. Like I know you're now this, you just dropped episode 17, right? Yep. So you're 18 will come probably next week. Where are you as far as your feedback? Like with the podcast, where, where are you as far as your feedback? What, what, what comes in? What, what are the listeners like? What do they don't like? You know, do they give you much feedback? I, w I would say of the listeners we have, it's definitely a, a loyal fan base. Like we get the same, yeah. Feedback from similar people. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like we're growing at this exponential rate here. I definitely sometimes look at an episode we upload and think like kind of the same, you know, not really seeing much growth. But one, I'm trusting the process as mm -hmm. you guys continue to say, this is why this is why it's good to have our, our more wise elderly hobbyists in the wolf pack like you and Rob <laughs> to give us uh, give us a little guidance and feedback. But yeah. tr trust in the process. But also, yeah. you know what? Even if we don't see that crazy growth overnight, like that changes nothing in regarding yeah. how Carmine and I feel about the hobby and cards. Like we're, we have so much fun with this. Yeah. So all we have to do is show up and once a week and talk about how much fun we're having and mm -hmm. share some stories. So hopefully it resonates with some people. And yeah. the only reason I want to see the growth and it's not 
necessarily. Like, I don't really care about numbers and views and revenue. I think Kama and I are providing a lot of value to the hobby community, in my unbiased opinion. And I just want more people to catch on to it because I think we could relate to a lot of people. I've got 20 years worth of hobby stories to share. I haven't even yeah. scratched the surface. So I just want to get more people on board and enjoy uh, the, the chemistry that him and I have. Yeah. And it's real world stuff, right? I mean, I think that's the most important stuff. It's, it's, it's real world. It's, it's what we're doing every day. Um, and I know, um, Carmine, you set up at shows, right? I know you set up in San Francisco and, and mm -hmm. I, you had a great video, uh, on YouTube. Thanks. Yeah, and I love those kids that just couldn't, cause I, I see <laughs> kids like that at every show. There's one like just wants to make every deal and his partner or his brother or whoever are just like, no. Yeah. No. It's a good, it's a, it's the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. You want seven fifty for it? <laughs> yeah. No, you can't have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know you're setting up, uh, you're doing, um, why can't I think of the Go, name? Going to Burbank. Burbank, Burbank. Yeah. Cause I know I, I had considered going out to Burbank, but I think I'm, 90% committed to do Dallas, uh, coming oh, up, wow. coming up at the beginning of March. And, you know, my, uh, you know, I, I've been out to Las Vegas many times. Uh, I, my son lives out in California and, and I, I like going out there, but it's that, that whole day to get there and that whole day to get back, mm -hmm. you know, so you have to add two full days on. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stay a little closer, uh, to home and do the Dallas show, but, and 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 uh, Craig too. You set up at show. We've set we've set up together at, at oh, a last yeah. show and love setting up at shows in New York. Um, how much of your content do you think moving forward with with the, with the podcast will be completely about the shows? Part about the shows. Like, do you find it easy when you set up to get take? compile all that information and just come back and talk about the show, even though now you have two people. So really, so Carmine, if you go to the show and you come back, you're not only telling me as the listener, but you're telling your partner too, right? About the show. Cause you guys don't sh set up together at shows or, or yeah. vice versa, Craig to Carmine. So I guess the process, what, how, how, what the process is for doing that? Like, how do you, how, how easy is it for you to come back and not only have a partner that hasn't been to the show, but talk to him and talk to the people at the same time. So when I go to the show, I come yeah. back, I've got nobody to bounce it off. So the <laughs> only person I'm giving the information to is the listener. And I know I took like a whole minute to ask that question and I apologize, but I'm just trying to like, get inside your, your, you know, your thought pattern a little bit. Yeah, no, that's that, those are all good points. And I think that time was necessary to set up the actual background for the question. But I think it, it's funny because our first ever episode was when I was coming back from setting up in Portland at a card show up there, which is like four hours North of me here in Southern Oregon. And uh, so it was just like, let's, be two friends, which we already were talking about cards, you know, what was selling for you? What deals did you make? What people did you meet? You know, how was the atmosphere? How many people were set up? How many people were foot trafficking through? 
And um, I think it's nice because we're both, we don't care who gets more airtime. I, my job is getting airtime. So now I'm doing it for free. So I don't, you know, I try to be conscious of that. And I've asked Craig before, because I know I can be long winded at times, you know, like, Hey, I just want to make sure you don't feel like I'm taking too much time up of our show. Cause I want it to be even. And he's got way more sports card hobby knowledge than me from never leaving the hobby as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to take up that time wherein Craig could be talking. So I think if either one of us goes to the show, we clear the way or ask follow-up questions about how the show experience was. Would you pick up? Why was that money burning a hole in your pocket? And you went to PWCC and bought this Muhammad Ali rookie card. <laughs> hate when that happens and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And I think it just comes down to, um, being selfless about sharing the airspace and then being genuinely curious about a friend's hobby journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I could even, I could even tie that directly into setting up at shows. So I'll be set up a can at the last show on February 18th in Secaucus. I'm very excited and I'm splitting a table with my friend, Joe cards by Joe. Great dude. Faithful listener. And I have set up with him before and I think the reason him and I set up so well together is there's no stepping on toes at mm-hmm. all. Mm. If I would never like, you know, try to steal a sale over him. And if someone comes in and shows us cards, we'll look at it together. I mean, it just so happens Joe and I collect differently. But the point is we're like conscious of each other's space. We want the best for one another. So if I know in a particular week, Carmine's going to deliver better content because he came back from his show and I wasn't very active. Carmine, you take the lead on this one and it just kind of happens organically. Nice. Yeah, we set up uh, the first time we set up was at that last show. That's right. Down in um, Sea Caucus. You guys picked me all the way up from my queen's apartment. Yeah, and we dropped. I, I remember dropping off a ton of cards for your uh, for your card club. Yes. Yeah. 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 So and you're, you'll be doing that again. Um, and and I know in the uh, in the Wolfpack chat today there was a a few people. I know I'm I'll, I do all the last shows. You'll be there, um, Dave, uh, DJ, Sports Cards '86. He'll be there. I'm sure uh, Sports Card Therapist will be there. So yeah, it'll be. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get the cousins up. Maybe get the cousins up there too. I don't know. But uh, you touched a little bit on a question. I wanna. Not, not so much of a question, but just a thought I want to throw out there. So you talked about on the podcast, uh, Craig, that your wife had purchased a book for you. You were traveling, I think, to Florida. And then you uh, you returned the book, right? You went back <laughs> or you exchanged it for a Muhammad Ali book. And then you bought this great, you know, Cassius Clay card, right? Isn't it interesting how the people in our lives influence stuff that they they know nothing about, right? I mean, all I could think about when I was listening to that was if that Muhammad Ali book never came about, would you have rushed out and bought that card? You know, and and and, and I say that because things like that happen to me all the time where somebody who's not in the hobby may say something. I'll be like, oh, I collect this and that. And they'll say, well, do you collect so-and-so? And I'm like, no, but I never really thought about that. And then I'll go start looking up their cards. If do they have a card or whatever? Um, 
did you feel that way? Did you, was that something you would have went and looked for anyways, or is it, was it something that, you know, this whole like thing got sent into set into motion over, over a gift at at the airport? It really was just, it just happened. Uh, I'm not like super, super religious, but we'll say, we'll say it was God's plan, you know, that, uh, that I ended up with that Muhammad Ali, but can you always tell me that I have, diamond hands and I hold on to my stuff. And I think part of the reason is, is the cards that I pick up always have a story attached to it. So now I have this Muhammad Ali card and I'm always going to tie it back to being in the airport, getting that autobiography, reading that autobiography when I was at my grandma's house. And it's going to be hard for me to ever part with that card because then you're just like getting rid of a memory. essentially. Yeah. 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 And I, and I talk many times about, you know, the, all the cards I have have a story and exactly. I love to tell the story. I don't know if the, I don't know if the people who are coming up to my table like, like to hear the stories, but <laughs> I, I tell the stories anyways. They probably say, "Man, this is this crazy old guy got thinking I want to listen to his stories, right?" But when people pick a card, I'll be like, "Oh, I pack pulled that card. I I pulled that with my, you know, and and I know everything about most every card that I purchased. It, it all comes with a story, and and I'll mention it when I pick it up, just because I love telling the story. And the saddest part. And I've said this many times. The saddest part is when you sell that card. Somebody finally buys that card because every time you tell the story, it gets a little better and a little better. And, and you have it perfected <laughs> after a while, right? You, like you can say it without even thinking. And then all of a sudden that card walks off and you're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm never really going to be able to tell that story again. That story, it's gone, you know, unless I find another card just like it. And, or or, or in, in Carmine, in your case, the card just keeps coming back to you. Right. You can, you sell the card, you, you, you buy it back, you sell it, you buy it. back. I mean, this is something we talked about before we came on, but maybe, maybe you might, might want to tell that story. Uh, and, and I hope I'm not stealing your content from, from oh, the next no. episode. To, no, no, to- no, not at all. No. So I, I just opened up uh, this Kevin Durant flawless on card auto numbered out of 25 from his time on the uh, golden state warriors. And uh, I was telling you guys that, I bought it and then I traded it to a buddy here who uh, was a high school kid who used to work at the card store in town. Then he wanted to sell it to get some money. Uh, he's like trying to, you know, think about going to college and stuff like that. So I said, okay, I'll buy it. So I bought it off him. Then I sold it again. So that was the second time I got rid of it and had it. And then I just bought it from, uh, a guy who I've done a few deals with in Finland. So now this is the third time I've owned the same exact individual card. And uh, I, I don't know if I have to keep it now. I mean, ha- you know, well, like Greg, got a now, great, great story, right? Yeah. You got me. You guys got me thinking about the story aspect. What, even the expression uh, set it free. If it comes back to you, it was meant to be or something. <laughs> yeah. But what if you set it free twice? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's an expression for that. Yeah. Then it's really, really meant to be, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so let's uh let's talk a little bit about the wolf pack. Um you know, this is something that uh and I mentioned at the beginning, you know, Craig, you and I were, you know, original members. Um, and it was it was uh it was Rob's vision. <laughs> right to uh to to create that and bring people in um that we were all like-minded right and it was it started off as a group for us to 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 you know for for each other to rely on to 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 
you know, ask questions uh, with cards and things like that and people uh, in the hobby. And, you know, if we even if it was outside of cards, there was so much and it's still now because you guys are all involved, you know, uh, Carmine, you're there now, too. I mean, it's more than just the hobby. Sometimes we talk about so much, but um, we're coming together and we, we've solidified this thing. And and we've already dropped uh, one episode, created the Wolfpack channel. Right. We dropped one episode. We have a, a second episode that's going to be uh, dropping next week. Uh, and Car Carmine, you and I are part of that. Yeah. Um, so twofold question. One to Craig, I'll start with you. Did you ever envision way back when that this would ever make it to where it is now? To this point, no. But I definitely remember thinking when the Wolfpack was just you and me and Rob and Dave and Emil that, oh, there are other people who I speak to who I feel like are very like-minded to us that we, that we would all get along with, you know, Carmine being one of them. Um, if you consume content, right, you look at like YouTube videos, people at shows, every, a lot of people, most people in this hobby have their, their group, right? The people who really outside of cards are friends and genuinely care about the moves that you're making within the hobby. And I think that's all this is um, an expression I like to use a lot in life and in hobby as the cousins always allude to is real, recognize real, which is just a way of saying, I think we're all like-minded people. We have good intentions, good morals, and we recognize that in each other. So all we're doing is lifting one another up. Um, we all put out content except for Dave, but still shout out Dave. That's, that's the homie. And we, we all just want to see one another succeed. And I think having content is constant motivation to stay active. So if there are maybe a couple of weeks where maybe I haven't bought a card, maybe I haven't been to a shop, I'm like, you know what? Let me just get a little action. It gives me it will give me something to talk about and it will scratch that itch. So I don't know where it goes from here as far as the Wolfpack, but I love that it's branded. I love the people in it and you guys are all really true friends. So yeah, it's great. And, and creative. The one thing that I love about it is we're just full of all creative people in different ways, right? We've all, we all made that, commitment uh to create content right and we all even know it's all in the same hobby it's it's we each have our own lane you know i don't think any one of us does the exact same thing and the creates the exact same content so we're all creative in our own ways and 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 just you know when, when we're we're coming up with an idea for an episode you know for the wolf pack and I'm looking at all these people putting all this stuff out. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's, you know, if you were ever, you're ever part of a group now, you know, I'm a, I'm a retired teacher, Craig. I know you're a teacher and you go to these, uh, you know, you have to, all the teachers get together and go off and you have a, a learning day, right? And, and they come around and they'll drop. You, you four sit together and they drop a paper on the table and like nobody grabs it, right? Everybody's like, no, I'm not, I don't want to be in charge. I don't want, you know, so it's just interesting now, right? With, with this group here, as you put something out and everybody, everybody's in charge, everybody's jumping right in. So the creative end of it to me is, is, is probably the most valuable part of a lot of creating the content. Speaking, uh, speaking of you being a retired teacher, by the way, I wanted to get this point in. You are someone that I really respect a lot, not just in the hobby, but in life. Of all the people I know 
in in this card world of ours. I you know I, I love that we're all regular people with our regular jobs, so we could relate in that sense. Bro, you were a teacher in prison. I mean, you got to respect the hell out of that. Yeah. As far as like people who to look up to, who have good head on their shoulders and do it the right way, and have like some true life experiences, you are definitely someone I look towards. So, shout out to you for being a good leader. Thank you, thank you, appreciate that. I I, I tell I tell people all the time uh, when I went to when I took the job to go work in the prison. I was there my first week. It was like my third or fourth day. And uh, I hadn't even gone to the academy yet. I mean, that's how new I was. You know, the, the I didn't even have the right clothes on there. Like I'd show up and they'd be like, no, no, you're not supposed to wear that color. You're supposed to wear this color. Uh, like day three, there was a riot. <laughs> They're like, go over. No, no, no. You, you can't go down to the school. You got to go over there and just guard that door over there. <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> and that was my initial, that was, that was my first week, you know? And uh, I thought as I was standing there, I'm like, Maybe I should have been thinking about working <laughs> somewhere else and maybe not here. And uh, yeah, well, actually, I say 30 years, 20, 29 years, 29 and a half years later, you know, and I, I, I retired and it was the most rewarding job I, I could have ever asked for. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And now, Ken, you have the wolf pack. If you ever get into a situation like that, just send out the bat signal <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll come. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll come and help. And I just wanted to jump in on the Wolfpack topic, too. Uh, I just think that I think me and Craig are going through a lot of realizations in our life. I know for sure I am in in my late 20s and Craig just turning 30 about being an adult guy and, you know, not on parents insurance. We're out of the house. We're all these different things, which I know, Ken, your kids, same situation. And, uh, you're, you're it, old enough to be my kids. Yeah. I know. Well, I was thinking when you said 29, 30 years, I'm like, that's our whole life that yeah. you just retired from, but I wasn't going <laughs> to, that's why you're Papa Ken, yeah. Right. Yeah. Papa Ken. And we have uncle Rob, the sports car <laughs> therapist. And I was thinking that it's become so much harder to make friends at this age compared to, you know, as a kid in high school, in college, where you're just in this, you know, just bombarded with social interaction. And uh, I'm like, man, I'm trying to think how many actual friends have I made since becoming an adult really at, after college, moving out of the house. And just to say that the wolf pack has created a situation where all of us now eight total members can become friends on a childlike level. We can have a childlike connection over these sports cards, but then we can also, dive into more important topics like, oh, my kid is sick. Just an update, you know, oh, how's it going with the kid? You know, oh, Ken, you know, I really respect your time working as a teacher in prison, you know, boom. And now we're getting into a deeper level where I feel like, especially for guys in the adult age, it's just hard to create friendships. I mean, it's hard for anyone to create true friendships. But I feel like, especially for us, just with the stereotypes and the stigma around sharing your feelings and being open and trusting and, you know, actually sharing with somebody what you're interested in, putting yourself out there and inviting somebody over and all that, mm -hmm. it, it just has created such a cool scenario and a window into what other people are like in our Wolfpack. I mean, how about, you know, Cousin Oz, who I think I'm developing a 
a guy crush on uh, because he, he, he he's almost 50 and he looks like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And have you seen the dance moves? I haven't, but I know he's a big oh time performer. God. I mean, don't be don't careful. be careful for your rug. <laughs> he's gonna cut it. <laughs> so we're having them on our podcast next week, and you know he collects Stranger Things. You know you're interested in Muhammad Ali and and, and hockey. Greg has the soccer along with Dave. Rob has the vintage and the wrestling. Shane sports card. Nobody has the wrestling. So we're I, I think you like you guys said, like-minded in the sense that we all love sports cards and have a genuine interest in getting to know people who do as well. But at the same time, we all come at it from a different angle, a different background that we have, a different collecting style. Uh, you know, are you a more of a flipper, a collector, or both, Ken, like your great episode recently? So, uh, man, it's been – sometimes it's hard to catch up on all the messages because it's so active <laughs> and people are so juiced about – you know, messaging back and forth, but it's really been like a, a highlight of creating adult guy friendships that I feel like it is sometimes difficult. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree, and I talked about that uh, on season one for myself. That um, I came in, I'm an older guy, right? I came into the hobby. I'm older than a lot of people uh, in the hobby, and and I didn't know if I was going to be able to really find my place, you know, at, you know, just who I am. And it was so interesting how the hobby was so welcoming and the friends and what I've taught the, the, the important thing I talked about all the friends that I've made and, and true friends, you know, not just a friend because I bought, you know, your Tom Brady card or whatever. Now I'm your friend. No people <laughs> that I t talk about, I talk to and I message with, you know, on, on a daily or weekly basis and, and a handful of phone calls weekly or, or some, you know, daily too phone calls. Uh, and these are friends that, you know, from when the time I was probably your age, because I think in around thirties, the beginning, you know, that's when you start to lose your college friends and people get married and they start having their own kids and life gets in the way and you really don't hear from them anymore. So and that and it's it's it leaves a loss. I know because I've been there and it, le it leads a loss. And then you start getting new friends, right? And then your kids and your kids are in sports and school. And then you start to have a whole other group of friends with those kids. But then those kids all go off to college and they go somewhere. And then all those other people go some, you know, some, so now it's a, now it's another stage of my life that I'm like, Oh, you know, this is unbelievable how many people I've met. And, and these are people I'm going to be friends with now for the rest of my life. I know I will be. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 I know what you're saying and, and I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's one of the things I love about this hobby. It doesn't have to be about the cards all the time, right? It's, it's just, sometimes it's just people helping people or people talking to people or, you know, having the interest of the cardboard, but then you find out there's all these other things that you have in common too. That reminds me of one of our recent episodes titled Cards as a Vehicle to Personal Connections, <laughs> which I think is a, an important theme that we try to highlight on our podcast is, yes, we're doing this thing where we're buying, selling, and trading cards, but it's much deeper than that. So we talk about That's why we, we give a lot of shout outs and we mention people that we're friendly with just to talk about the value of the human capital. Shout out to our guy, Sam. 
and um, the connections we've made through the hobby. And when we pick guests, we want to try to highlight people with various diverse backgrounds to show that, you know, the people in this hobby, it's deeper than what, just what you might see. And, you know, it, it that, that's why we're a little, we haven't had too many guests yet, but in discussing who's coming up, like, like I said, diversity, um, people from all over the country. So that those are some of our plans. Yeah. And I mean, in, in that episode, Craig, that you mentioned, Sam Evans, the sports card collector, uh, vice principal at a school in Philadelphia that Craig knew and brought on. And an unbelievable episode. I want to say um, just an unbelievable episode. Really enjoyed that. Thanks, Ken. And so who would have thought that we would have the opportunity to talk about the importance of inclusion, diversity, and being welcoming to people of all age groups? You know, Ken, like you mentioned, your own experience, people of different races, people of different religions, and uh, just having the ability to talk about not just the importance of that, because I think a lot of people would resonate with that. But if somebody comes up to your table of a different race, religion, or whatever they look like, a, a woman, a man, uh, you know, kids, what does that look like to treat them in an inclusive way and make them feel like they can, you know, give them a good experience to have them hopefully continue with this great hobby that we enjoy so much. And, but to have a sports card podcast and then, be able to try to make a more meaningful statement or hear from somebody who has a more meaningful perspective on the outside world of how this relates to like your actual life and becoming really a better person in a way, you know, mm. and, and, and being open to more different viewpoints and, and uh, welcoming people. And, you know, Ken, like you said, in your interactions with people, you're, you want to be like the nicest guy and, and just have them walk away with a good feeling, even if you didn't make a deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one thing I do at shows too, uh, you know, I love to see when a mother shows up with her, with the kids, like brought the kids to the show, you know, or a grandparent showed up and brought these kids to the show and really, you know, they don't know anything about cards or, you know, I don't, you don't know, but you, you find out. Um, I make a point of talking to them too. Like they'll stand in the background and bring the kid up. I'll say, hey, how you doing? You know, with whatever, you know, thank you. Thank you. I know they're not thanking you, but I'll thank you for for bringing them out and introducing them to the hobby, that type of thing. People love that. You know, people love like just to recognize. And I know I know what you're saying is on a much larger level, but just even on a small level, just telling just thanking people, thanking people just for for, you know, bringing other people to the hobby because, you know, some of these kids would never be able to get to this show. Right. And if it wasn't for, you know, a grandparent or a neighbor, you know, like you'll, you, you know, you guys set up at shows, you'll see that one parent show up with five kids, you know, you know, they're not all his, you know, but you know, he said he goes around the neighborhood. And if, if you were a kid at one time and you had that one parent and, and I may be dating myself that says, okay, we're going to go to the amusement park, tell all your friends and, you know, six, eight kids all pile in the car and your parents give you some money and you'd go off. I mean, that, 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 that kid's parent was a rock star for taking everybody there. Right. And those are the people that I remember, even as an adult, that the people who did things like that. So as an adult, when I see these people show up at the table, I love just to, you know, just say, thank you. Thank you for being there. Ken, um, I was at the local card shop on the Upper East Side 
10 minute walk from my apartment. I have a local card shop. Very blessed for that. But I was sitting there sorting through some mid 2000s basketball inserts. And there was a little kid, eight, nine years old with his dad. And he kept looking at stuff. And you could tell the dad was sick of being there. And I think he made a comment at one point. He's like, all right, like you picked out enough. Like we've been here for an hour already. And I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, like that was me as a kid. I remember being at the Levittown uh, Tri-County Flea Market picking out what box I wanted to rip and I'd be there for an hour, just totally indecisive. But my dad stuck around because, you know, he knew it was fun for me. It was, it was a fun hobby for us to do together. So yeah, I mean, the parents play a pivotal role. So the fact that you go out of your way to thank them, I think is meaningful. Um, Another little tip I always like to do when I'm set up at shows is if there's a family there and there's some kids and usually sometimes there'll be a kid who's very interested and maybe another sibling who really does doesn't have any interest in being there mm-hmm. always make it a point to have conversation with that sibling you know mm-hmm. find out what they like just make them feel a little warm and welcome in an environment that maybe they're not super comfortable in mm-hmm. yeah and even have a few packs of cards to hand out right to some of those kids that you know mm-hmm. you turn their whole day around give them something to open up <laughs> So, guys, we're getting to the end of it. Uh, I, I really have a burning question: Super Bowl predictions. Who do you who do you who do you think and who do you want? Well, Ken, I mean, since you're a Chiefs fan, when we are on your podcast, well, of course we have to go for the Chiefs. Then, when we have the Cousins collectibles on our podcast <laughs> next week, we're going to be Eagles fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but uh, I don't know. I mean. The Bengals could have definitely been in this game. I mean, that poor guy, you know, pushing Patrick Mahomes out, getting the the penalty, 15 yards, changing that field goal from 60 to 45, and I was hoping for overtime. You see the video of the poor guy crying on the sideline, sobbing. So, But then on the other side, the Eagles haven't really been tested. I mean, they've got a fourth-string quarterback they're going up against after Brock Purdy's injury, and then – you know, before that, I mean, the Giants didn't have yeah, the firepower. I, I, I said there was a little luck for 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 two teams on Sunday one for the one for the Chiefs and and one for the Eagles. The Eagles that they really didn't have to get tested, right? Because the injuries happened so early on, and for the Chiefs who were losing so many people to injuries and Mahomes playing with an injury that most quarterbacks wouldn't have been playing with, right? Um, sometimes, sometimes you need luck. Right. And sometimes you'll see, you know, you'll see in the playoffs like one team push another team to the brink and they they may hit a buzzer beater like, you know, in the NCAA tournament or something, you know, that it was like a, you know, a a 16 against a one or a 15 against a two. And it took everything they had for the two to beat the 15. Right. And then they go all the way to the end and they win it. Right. So sometimes just a little sometimes there's more than talent and everything. Sometimes there's a little luck that gets you, you know, gets, gets you that to the big dance or a, a, a big win. So, um, yeah, as a chiefs fan. And I said it this week on my podcast, it, there was definitely luck. They definitely got lucky at the end of that, because I don't know if that game went to overtime, if the chiefs would have won that game. Um, yeah. and I think most people felt the Bengals would. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I think the Eagles have the all around better team. I'd say, you know, offensive line, defensive line. Hmm. They were just all, I mean, they, their defense was really just ferocious. 
uh, and their offensive line was just getting such a great push. Their running game is great. Jalen Hurts makes very few mistakes. The wide receiving core is good. Mm. But then on the other hand, you have the magic of Patrick Mahomes and that connection with Travis Kelsey and Marquez Valdez-Scantling's playing well. Yeah. I don't think their defense is quite as good. Yeah. Uh, so I, if I had to bet, I feel like it's a coin flip just because of the the magical aspects of you never know what Mahomes is going to be able to do. And the, I mean, the Chiefs overall team is good. Yeah. It's just such a stout, solid team over with the Eagles. So if I had to bet, I would go Eagles. Yeah. And, and I think the X factor, uh, if there's going to be an X factor and a Chiefs win, it's going to be Andy Reid. It's going to be, yeah. you know, the play calling and, and of Andy Reid because I just think he's he's masterful at what he does. And going against his old Eagles team, right, yeah. it's, uh, I think he's going to be uh, up for that game. What do you got, Craig? <laughs> Take everything I say with a grain of salt because I own one single football card. But um, since this is a sports card podcast, in terms of the hobby, I think it would be great for the Chiefs to win because Mahomes, you got to assume he would be the MVP, would just enter into another echelon of like mm-hmm. collector and investment. And I mean, who doesn't love greatness? Mm-hmm. Now we've got, we would have a guy with probably two MVPs, two Super Bowls before yep. the age of 27. Like, it's fun to see the greatest athletes in their sport continue to win. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I feel like I am friends with tons of Eagles friend, fans. No offense, Ken. So from a personal standpoint, I'd like to see the Eagles win. I just I know a lot of Eagles fans. I love the Philly hobby community, and I know how much they care. But my prediction is I feel like the Eagles are just clicking right now. Even though they had two not-so-tough matchups, mm-hmm. they're just – they're vibing right now. They're they they seem to be on a good run. They're confident. So I think they take it. 20 31 27. Wow. Wow. You even, even got even got a score. Wow. wow. You want to buy extra credit score out? <laughs> That's extra credit in the teacher world. Ken, I'm curious uh if we can flip this on you just to ask one question. Sure. I saw you post uh because you have some Mahomes rookies, you have a Jalen Hurts auto prism rookie red i believe yeah, so red wave are you trying to are you trying to sell these at the peak before the super bowl or what's your strategy yeah i am uh you know as someone who sets up at shows um and and i talked about it a few podcasts i never remember the names of them right but i know that this window is going to close Right. right. As soon as the Super Bowl happens, regardless who who wins, th- that football window is going to close, and and it, it it's going to open back up in in late March, early April. People will start selling football cards again. You'll be able to get really great deals on football cards. Um, I was that guy last year that was showing up at shows in February, in the beginning of March, and I still had football because that was mainly what I had in my cases, uh, mm-hmm. and the comps were so low on it. Um, I eventually just had to pack them up and put them away and put other things in my case. So do I take these cards now, the Mahomes, the Hurts, and I put them in the closet, right? And then I wait to see what happens in the Super Bowl. And then I wait till maybe national next year to resell these cards. Or do I move them at a good time, a great time, 
right for for either quarterback because I, I I don't I I don't I think it's going to be a lot like um, uh, Jacksonville, right when th- when they lost, right I was still selling, you know the quarterback cards, uh, you know they they were still there was still some value to them and I feel this is going to be the same way with with Hertz and Mahomes that it's going to be a great game. No matter who, if the Chiefs win, they'll say the Eagles and Hertz has made a name for himself, just like they did with Burrow last year, and the value will stay up. So I think whoever buys those cards is getting getting a great card and probably at a good value, a great value, and they may want to hold those long term. Me, I'm going to create opportunities. I'll sell those cards now. I'll buy inventory for my spring shows that'll, that'll go between now till June. And then I'll, I could start buying football again. Those cards don't have any personal meaning to me. They're, they don't have a story that, you know, um, that I really wouldn't want to get rid of those cards. Right. So I'm okay with selling those cards. I purchased those cards hoping that they were going to go to the Super Bowl. I, these cards were purchased back in August and September, you know, and then, put in the case at a, at a higher price because I was kind of a holdout because knowing how well they were both playing. So, yeah, there are certain cards that I'm just like, I'm not going to sell even if, even if they doubled or tripled and, and Craig, you know, I've learned a lot of this from you, just you talking about your cards. Like, no, this card has is so meaningful to me. I'm not selling it. It's never for sale. I don't care who, what the, you know, who offers me what I'm not selling the card and I have cards like that, but these cards aren't those cards. You're, you're just taking advantage of a uh, time in the market. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what Craig did with the, his Killian Mbappe card right at the end of the world cup yep. and encouraged me smartly. I thought to uh, list <laughs> on eBay, my Dak Prescott rookie Dak. ticket auto BGS nine, five Dak Prescott's, arguably his best card, but definitely one of his best. Yeah. And uh, sold it right at the end of the, the 49ers Cowboys game where the Cowboys didn't play very great and neither did Dak. And so I was worried and Craig brought it up that the, the winner of that auction might not pay. And unfortunately they didn't, but now, like you said, Ken, I mean, the excitement about football is going to happen again. It happens every year. And so if you have one of those better cards of, guys who you know i mean he's still the cowboys quarterback american yeah. team yeah. he's not he's not one of those prospects but like you said with hurts hurts might have a new floor now these yeah. guys could perform well now he's not going to dip below because you know he's a an elite or his team at least he's a super bowl contender for the next year too yeah yeah absolutely and and you know, the younger the younger guys, and he's a younger guy, he came into the league in 2020, and the guys from from 2021, um, making it to the playoffs, um, Trevor Lawrence, I, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name before, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, making it to the playoffs and on his run to the playoffs, how well he's playing, and then he went in, uh, and he played well in the playoffs, even though he lost, I talked about going to the show, the the next week and i and i sold all his cards i mean people coming to the table do you have trevor lawrence do you have trevor lawrence do you have you know and i'm like well of course i do and these were cards i had in the discount box that you know before that you know i wanted to look up the prices i looked up the comps and i said well a couple of these can come 
graduate back out of the discount box into the into the big case, right? With, with an upgrade in price. And I sold them all. So it was, you know, when I talk about that, that, you know, am I a flipper? Am I a collector? It's so much sexier, right? To say, I'm a collector. I'm not a play. It's like all of a sudden, like people think like the word that being described as a flipper is like, like an ugly word or something. And it's not because we all do it. It's all. And if I'm going to set up at a show, I, I need to have a business plan, right? I, I, I can't show up at a show and put a case out and say, I'm a collector and nothing's for sale. I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's a museum. Not- it's just not, it's just not going to work. Right. So, I mean, I just, so you have to know the market. You have to know the show and, and, and know what's going on. And, 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 and this is that time, like, like, especially with Hertz and Mahomes, those prices could change. Like since the time we were on, there may have been a sale on an eBay that was $200 more than the last one. And next thing you know, that comp is up and somebody may look at my Facebook post and be like, oh, now that's under comps. I want to buy it. Right. So you have to be so on top of certain things, you know, as far as price wise, which is hard, which is hard. And I talk like to Rob, like he's got all this vintage now. Right. So he doesn't have to worry about it. You know, like his Babe Ruth, those prices aren't really fluctuating all over the place. He could, he could, and, and most of these guys you set up at the shows at the Terrytown show, there was a lot of guys with vintage, right? And they, I watched them come in, wheel them in with the cards already in the case, with the prices on them, right? They didn't even have to open the case, put the cards in. The cards were already there. They just put it on. And I said to the guy, I said, the price has never changed. He goes, no, not really. Oh, very expensive. Yeah, very overpriced at that show on the vintage, but yeah. I don't blame them. I honestly don't. Yeah, that's that's part of the risk reward, though, Ken. And I I know you want to wrap us up, but I feel like we're getting on a Wolfpack uh, tangent here. But that's kind of like uh, you know, the the risk and reward. Like, yeah, Rob doesn't have to worry about if he's getting into the vintage game more, but at the same time, he doesn't get that potential reward that he once got from the Ja Morant and the Jason Tatum RPA national treasures that he got that we referenced on our last podcast that he like made 30% on or whatever, and boosted him into an all time card that he wanted. And you're Trevor Lawrence with that iconic comeback now from four picks (laughs) down four touchdowns. I mean, who does that, you know, and then, and then four touchdowns in the second half and all of a sudden they win when I, I can't even imagine the prices of Trevor Lawrence cards at halftime. People are probably trying to give them away, you know, and and so and now you have the benefit of. So that's kind of like what we were talking about in our in our last Crosstown Cardboard episode was the variety of patience that you want to have. Like you want to have some cards where you're much more patient on like, you know, your Brady uh, Bowman Chrome rookie there in a BGS Mm nine. And then your cards that you're willing to be less patient on, like your Trevor Lawrence, and then just be ready for the right time to offload it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have inventory for shows and I have my own PC right. and, and I, and I find myself with now, like I've, I've leveled up so much on some of my, some of my inventory at shows with a card that ends up being like 3000 or $3,500 and not many people are interested in buying it. But then all of a sudden I get a guy that's got this. If you, you know, you look over, over this shoulder here, the uh, red Ovechkin, the PMG number to a hundred, you know, and then he shows up and now all of a sudden we can make a deal right yeah. on a card like that. So I'd rather have 
this card, then another card that I may not, but that card goes to my PC now, right? Now it's, so I earned it. I say, I, I did all this work and I, you know, now I take the payment for all the work and now I'll put it in the PC, right? So yeah, the business plan make to me, it makes sense. And, and agreed. As long as it makes sense that there's like, I, I don't want to miss a show. I want to set up at shows. I want to go to shows. Um, every weekend I'm involved doing something with cards. You know, I'm hitting a show. I'm setting up at a show. Uh, even when I travel, I'm going to, I'm finding card stores to go to. So, yeah. All right, guys, look, it's been great. Uh, and I think Carmine, you probably have to go back to work, right? <laughs> yeah. No breaking news right now, but, uh, <laughs> We'll be we'll be all right. Uh, tell everybody uh, if they want to reach out to you, where they could find you, how they can message you, where to listen to the podcast, where to watch it. Yeah, we're up on uh, every podcast streaming platform, just under the title "Crosstown." One word, cardboard. Of course, one word. So two words total for uh, our math teacher here, Craig. Um, and uh, I'm. At Carmine's Cards, C-A-R-M-I-N-E-S, Cards, on Instagram as well. And on the second half of Crosstown Cardboard, Craig, at New York City Sports Cards on Instagram. Ken, we greatly appreciate you having us on. You uh, you really set the bar high on what a good, genuine sports card podcast looks like. So thanks for taking the lead. And... Uh, Check us out. Let us know what you think. We are going to continue to put out episodes weekly and be active. Yeah, and our YouTube too, Yeah, right. which I forgot to mention. But yeah, thanks, Ken. This felt like just the uh, three guys hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And that's all it was, really. Three of the Wolfpack members, right? Thanks again, Carmine. You and I will be together uh, uh, Wednesday next week with the Wolfpack. Yes. Episode two. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ken. Good night, Ken.